1: Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand.
2: People don't like us Dallas Cowboy fans. It's similar to you, Lee fans, why we don't like you. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, he's like, Cowboys fans, get your Super Bowl tickets. Stop, stop. He, of all people, should know it's one play at a time, it's one game at a time. The game took years off my life yesterday. But in the end, the Cowboys prevailed. Tells me this is something special brewing with the Dallas Cowboys. America's team.
1: This is the Rod Peterson Show.
2: Uh, it absolutely is, and welcome to hour two of the RP show. It's brought to you by our good friends at Core Grain, doing the right thing for your farm. They're Alberta-based, aren't they, Moose? I believe so. Yeah, but they do have an office here because I drive by it. Drove by it on the weekend. Yeah, they're all over the place. Big operation. Big operation, and uh, we're heading out Alberta way uh, tonight. I can't wait. Can't wait. Don't say we. Me, me. I'm not going. (laughs) I wish. That reminds me of uh, the old-time CFL fans. Yeah. Who was the longtime – you guys got to help me. The longtime O-line coach of the BC Lions, and he'd been in Calgary before that. We had him for like one year here. Sweeter, DM me. He's one of the coaches from the – Chris Sweet, that watches the show all the time, and yeah. DMs me from the states. Mike Walker? No, not Mike. Why? He was a D-line coach. Ah, oh, little Italian guy from Pennsylvania. <laughs> Anyways, I remember we—I was interviewing him one time, and I said, "Coach, how many Grey Cups have you won?" We've won five Grey Cups. And I'm like, "No, no, not we. You." <laughs> Same thing. But he would not speak of himself that way. Right. We've won. Oh, wait, what? You and your wife? You and that mouse in your pocket? Who was that little longtime old line coach in BC? You guys got to tell me. He's followed Wally everywhere. Oh, it's driving me nuts. He's retired now. Tells you how uh, somebody Google old I am
3: the 2003 BC Lions coaching staff. Just probably
2: 2006. Okay. Yeah, we got to do it. Talk, Darren. It'll be on Wikipedia. Well, I go to the big board or here. somewhere? But these are the stories that people love, right? Oh yeah. How many great cups you won, Coach? Well, we won five. No, you. <laughs> oh, here we go. BC Lions coaching staff returns for 2006. Does 2006 work? For, is that something you might be interested in?
1: Dan Durazio. We got it. How about that? We got it. Spicy. Can you Google him, that?
2: Clark? Can you Google his picture? Just just a just a little wee little guy. I always wondered how he could coach the offensive line. Never played the position. These gigantic road graders. He's coaching them to five great cups. So consider this for a second. I'm just gonna read his bio. Dan Durazio enters his thirty-fourth year of coaching and his ninth in the CFL. Oh boy. Yeah. Dan Durazio. I didn't even have to go to my phone. We found it. You're smart. There he go. There he is. Didn't that just look oh. like a wee little football guy? Oh yeah. He's so cool. And we had him for one year in Saskatchewan. I don't remember what year it was, but we got, we got on great. Just a good football guy. Oh, my God. Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York. says is Dan Durazio. How would you know that in Saratoga, New York? What do I win? Uh, he let, go- me, let me think about it. He-, he Googled it. Yeah, probably. A little slower than you did, but he Googled it. <laughs> a, uh, you get a signed bowl Levi Mitchell jersey. Where do we go from here, caller? <laughs> from the general in Calgary. Rod's delight on that discovery made me laugh. These are just great guys. I miss them. These are the guys that built the CFL. Sometimes I wonder, what are we doing now? Is there personalities? Who is a personality? Right. They're just not on the stage that they used to be, you know? Yeah. Um, anyways, I'll get around to the NHL here and stuff. Hey, Craig Button... Here's a quote from David in Winnipeg. He says, I think the Winnipeg Jets have the best chance to be the next Canadian team to win a Stanley Cup. Quote, Craig Button, October 12th, 2021. I don't discount that. I was watching that day on SportsCenter. I remember him saying that. As a matter of fact, he initially said they were a dark horse. He's like, no, they're not a dark horse at all. They are the number one team in Canada to win the Stanley Cup. So despite that, Bold prognostication, they are 0-2 going into the uh, mini tonight to take on the Minnesota Wild, a 2-0 team. So I feel like we put to bed last night's games real fast, and everybody's looking ahead. That's today's world, though. I was actually going to say that. We're on the air at noon Eastern, yeah,
3: every day. Nobody wants to talk the, about last night. The real morning shows have already talked about last night. They spent all morning talking about last night. Yeah. What do you mean the real morning show? What are we? Well, like when we start at noon Eastern. It's
2: afternoon. That's kind of where I was going with that. <laughs> That's where all the population is. Well, is out east. Believe me. Yeah. Well, as I was uh, doing the show from Florida, I must say it did kind of muddle up my day. It changes at it. Noon, it may, changes things. And we're going to go through that here next month. We're changing times, November 7th, uh, for the Saskatchewan viewers. And it's funny, and Arizona viewers. That's right. We'll be one hour later. I was listening to Scott Laughlin on uh, NHL radio, and he was saying the other day, he's like, I always forget. What are the time changes for Saskatchewan and Arizona? It's November 7th, where, and we don't change time because the world revolves around us in both places. You understand that, right? Uh, from Leighton Janice watching on YouTube says, y'all are really a morning show out here in beautiful BC. You can't forget that, Moose. You can't. And maybe that's, you know
3: what, the games that we'll review, the West Coast games. We can still review the West Coast games and tee up the rest of the games. You know, and the, I
2: say we keep doing what we're doing.
3: Good morning. Well, yeah. what are we doing? I mean, it works pretty well.
2: Yeah um from Earl James watching on YouTube says Rod Rust always surprised me frail old dude coaching behemoths I got a Rod Rust story he used to coach the New England Patriots and for a time the Montreal Alouettes and way way back in 1999 when I started as the voice of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders I used to do a show from the teachers club you may or may not remember Darren you were just a wee little lad and um I would try to get the coaches to come down to the bar. It wasn't easy to do this talk show. And so I called Rod Rust. He was in his hotel room. And I said, Coach Rust, Rod Peterson here, voice of the Rough Riders, would you be willing to come on my show on Monday at 6 o'clock? He's like, yeah, would love to. I said, well, we're at the teacher's club. It's at the corner of Elphinstone and College. No, Elphinstone and Regina Avenue. He goes, "Oh, coming to some bar. I'm not going down there. And I thought, what an idiot of me to ask. Yeah, you know, the guy's a hundred. He doesn't want to come down to a bar. So in the end, I had him on on the phone, and yeah. it was a wonderful it was a wonderful interview, and I'll, I'll never forget. The Alouettes, if I recall, were pretty good then. They've always been pretty good. Yeah. And I said, who gets the credit? They were leading the league in some incredible stat, like lowest points against going into week fourteen. I said, who gets the credit? He goes, credit? Who cares who gets the credit? We're winning. And I never, ever, 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 ever forgot that. Wow. How sports is such a wonderful microcosm of life. Who cares who gets the credit? We're winning. Does it matter? That's pretty good.
3: Like, that's a philosopher. Write it down, kids. No kidding. That's pretty good. Who gets the credit? It doesn't matter who gets the credit. When we're winning, we're winning. We
2: all get the credit. That's why he's been so successful and he's in the Hall of Fame. So there you go, kids. Gather around the fire. Um... Let's play dealer no deal right now. What do you say? It is our weekly contest for BetRegal.net. I'm the host. Darren's the contestant, where we look at this week's CFL games. In this case, week 12. I give the betting lines as provided by the BetRegal.net odds makers, and he decides whether he wants to take them or not. I think he did pretty well last week, as I recall. Yes. Okay, so Friday night, week 12 opens with the Toronto Argonauts at the Montreal Alouettes. They are taking the easy way out on this one. The Argos are favored by one on the road in Montreal. Matthew Schlitz gets the start. Schiltz, I know, but I'd like to say Schlitz. (laughs) Toronto favored by one. Deal or no deal? Deal. Double deal, if that's a thing. You're taking it. I'm taking it. You're taking that all day, huh? Yeah. How do you think the game's going to play out?
3: Yeah, I think the Argos, I don't think it'll be a bad game. I think Montreal's played really well. There's a reason it's a one point spread, but I think the Argos will win by a touchdown.
2: So the point spread is easy. The one point spread is easy. easy. Deal. Uh, a Saturday triple header in the Canadian Football League has Ottawa at Hamilton in the first game. The Ticats are favored by 14.5 points. Ticats, 14.5 at home over Ottawa. Deal or no deal?
3: No deal. No
2: deal. No deal.
3: I think Ottawa is going to cover that spread. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I don't think they lose by 14.
2: Middle game of the doubleheader is the BC Lions at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and Sergio Castillo. The Blue Bombers are favored by 11.5 points. Deal or no deal, son? 11 and a half. No deal. No deal. No deal. You got faith in BC, huh? I do. To beat the spread? And then Saturday night, Canada's Game of the Week. In Week 12 of the CFL, it's the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Calgary Stampeders. Thrr, Calgary favored by one. Deal or no deal? One? Easy deal. Yeah? It's an easy you deal. You got Calgary to win this one? I,
3: well, want, yeah, I think it's going to be real tight. Like I could buy a field goal. But there's nothing showing me that Saskatchewan's able to stop the slide right now. So I hope they prove me wrong, but... Calgary's going one way, Saskatchewan's going the other, and you're giving me just a point for Calgary? I'm taking it.
2: Just seems so darn easy. It it did, didn't it? (laughs) It's 11-11. Looks like I'm going four for four or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Have a sip of coffee. The uh, portal of opportunity is opening. Are you paying attention? By the way, um, the coffee... From Caliber Coffee, today is a new brew, robust and earthy, if I may. What is it? It's uh, Peru
3: Moreno. It's a medium dark roast, so uh, it's, a, it's a different one, but it's very good. We almost have a mix of light roasts and dark roasts, and this is a darker one today
2: from Peru. Uh, it's really good. Caliber Coffee, and you can order online, as Darren said, you don't even need to leave your house. Every single blend is fantastic, and I would not steer you wrong. I'm looking you right in the eye when I say that. Um, I know this is a really big deal in Winnipeg, and for sports fans that follow Winnipeg teams, Layton is watching in BC and says, Rod, any thoughts on the Bomber game and the Jets game being on at the same time? I would defer to all of our Winnipeg viewers. Why don't you all write in and tell me what you think? Because clearly you have an opinion. I really don't, and here's why. I'm going to be on television that night on regional TV calling God's team the Regina Pats against the Saskatoon Blades. That's that day, isn't it? I'm not going to be watching anyways, so it doesn't really affect me. So you tell me what you think about the BC at Winnipeg game being on the same time as the Winnipeg Jets. You're going to tell me in... 50 years of winnipeg jets hockey and 60 years of winnipeg blue bomber football this has never happened before and do i need to be the guy to say 14 months ago we didn't have any sports at all so i know i live my life in that thing of gratitude it can always be worse what are we complaining about you don't hear me complain if i do it on here it's usually just for your entertainment I don't really have an opinion on it. That's what a remote control is for. What are you upset about? But I would like to hear from the Winnipeg people, because I may have completely misread this, but I'm like, pick one, watch it, and quit your bitching. There's enough people in Winnipeg to fill both stadiums. Yes. If they're both at home,
3: I'm not sure if that's the case.
2: Well, and Jeff in Winnipeg, Jeff Cabillas, one of our P1s, says the NHL doesn't care. I bet the NHL still thinks there are two Rough Rider teams. <laughs> that guy should have his own show. I know, that's good. You're 100% right. I defer to the 2008 Grey Cup in Montreal, where the night before the game, the Alouettes were playing the Stampeders and the Habs decide to retire Patrick Waugh's jersey the night before. And the CFL people, because I was right inside with them all then, they were like, come on! Canadian, really? Just completely stole all the thunder from the Grey Cup. Oh, we never we never thought about it. It's they like, never do. That's the problem. It's
3: like the little Beatles on the ground in Men in Black, and Tommy Lee Jones is just, you know, Will Smith is walking on them. Doesn't even care. But if they happen to acknowledge the Beetle, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. The NHL, they don't even see what's going on.
2: No, it's levels. It's levels. It's like in the sweatpants capital, the Rough Riders are the team that mushrooms every other team. Believe me, I worked for the Pats for a number of years before I worked for the Rough Riders, and the Riders would schedule news conferences and drop big news on the day of a game, and we're sitting there going, really? Whoops. And But they didn't, they didn't think about it. Yeah. So I, it's not like the Jets are deliberately having a game at the same time as the Bombers, they wouldn't have thought about it. Uh, James in Winnipeg says, I'm going to the Bombers game. Jets are second on the list. Going to enjoy our Bombers run. Well, that's the thing. You only got a couple more months of Winnipeg Blue Bomber football. They're probably going to win back-to-back Grey Cups and then go to follow the Jets the rest of the year. Come on. Uh, from Phyllis. Watching on YouTube, Phyllis says, I think the issue is that those who would be going to both games would have an issue with the dual games. For me, I will channel surf the games. Believe me, the teams only care about themselves. So you do, Winnipeggers, what's best for you. If you have to pick one, you know what? By Saturday night or Sunday, you will have forgotten. Don't you think? Oh, yeah. It's really not that big a deal. Mm, I guess we'll take a break and come back and continue this. Uh, Craig Button coming up, NHL's director of scouting. I mean, you got a lot of great comments here. We'll get to those. Uh, the Prairie Mobile text line is open, 306-840-8777. We're back on Game Plus Television this week across all 10 provinces and 31 states. Also live daily on YouTube and Facebook and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Laid back and kicking it. Let's head back to the studio. Here's Rod.
2: Welcome back uh, to the RP show, everybody. It is Canada's daytime sports talk show. We're coming to you from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. But for Wednesday, Thursday, we'll be in Cowtown, broadcasting from the Sheraton-Eau Claire Market. And then Friday, we'll be in the Bridge City, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, previewing a really big weekend of Husky Athletics. Mike Babcock's going to be on the show, live and in person. Scott Flory, the Hall of Fame Montreal on a wet offensive lineman, now the coach of the Huskies football program. It's just going to be a really big time. Mandy in Edmonton wrote in earlier, and she said, what are the details on the RP show Saskatoon trip? Uh, It's not a sports excursion. It's uh, a show that Darren's working on the details with, with the University of Saskatchewan. You went to U of S for like a semester, didn't you? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I did. How was that for you? Amazing. What'd you take? Beautiful campus. That took a
3: little bit of everything. <laughs> a little arts you and You sampled science. it at all? Yeah, eh? I sampled a little kinesiology. Took a, I took a swimming class and a volleyball class, and I uh, did some business school there. Got Good little, for you.
2: The experience. So yeah. the U of S came to me, and I did a little deflection over to Dupes. I said, he's the alum. He's the business guy. Yeah. I just show up and talk, and Bob's your uncle. And everything works out just fine. These guys are having a party. Sure there go. you go. <laughs> how about that? Good work. Uh, Jennifer's, Jennifer has joined the chat from the Four Seasons Sports Palace. And she says, how about those Regina Thunder? Number one team in Canada. And all of Canadian junior football. You're calling a game of theirs this weekend, aren't Sunday, you? Sunday, yeah. Look at you go. Final game of the regular season. Then playoffs. And then playoffs. That's usually how it goes, right? Yeah. Uh, let us know what you would like to talk about here in this segment, block two. It's a big block. we got like 15 minutes. We like to go back and forth with the viewers. And we can talk about sports on tap. We were just deciding... Because we have viewers all across the continent and, in fact, all around the world. What's, what's our wheelhouse for time? It's like, should we spend hour one on last night's games and hour two on tonight's games? Whatever. What's exciting about this uh, show is it's like riding a tiger. Right? You don't know when to get off <laughs> or, or what's the best way to ride it. Exactly. So every day we're trying to figure stuff out. And we'll look ahead to tonight's game. There's 11 games in the NHL tonight. The poll question today, which we have not mentioned yet for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center is, uh, which is Canada's game of the week in week 12 of the CFL season? And your options are Friday night, Toronto at Montreal, then the Saturday triple header, Ottawa at Hamilton, BC at Winnipeg, Sask at Calgary, and running away with it on Facebook is Sask at Calgary, 73% of the vote. Huge game with West Division Playoff standings implications on Facebook. Not as much. 51% that game leads 30% BC at Winnipeg regarding all of that. And the, I said, Winnipeggers, tell me how you feel about this bombers jets thing from Michael Wynn. You know, Michael. Yeah. He came out to, uh, to our meet and greeted Hooters when we were there in August, he says, pissed off. You think the Pens and Steelers play home games at the same time? It's BS. Well, I know that our compadre, Hustler, went deep on this on Winnipeg Sports Talk yesterday. I didn't realize how big of a deal this was. Are you going to tell me the Pittsburgh Steelers and Pittsburgh Penguins have never played at the same time in the history of the world? I don't know, it's coming across to me as a whole lot of first-world problems, I got to be honest with you. That's my first take on this. Do you have any more on that before we get to your NFL top 5 because we've been waiting on that? Yeah, no, it just it does
3: feel like first-world problems. I mean, the football fans, I mean, you try and go you got to make a decision. And to be honest, I'd probably go to the football game because the weather's not getting any better and there's going to be lots more hockey. But you got choices to make if they're both at home and if you're Got a channel surf? You got a channel surf.
2: You know, Nick Nielsen, the voice of the Clippers, is watching. And he makes a good point here. He wants to talk about penalties in the National Hockey League and in hockey in general. He said two headbutting calls already in the NHL. Penalties in the SJ are up this year. What's going on in hockey this year, Roddy? Feels like penalties are up everywhere. Oh, I think they are. Um,. In my old age, my memory's starting to fail me. But there was a game—was it Detroit last week? Can't remember the names. Where the guy got clocked in the corner. You, you people, tell me who it was. The wing player turned. Was it Dylan Larkin? Turning, popped the guy as a retaliatory thing, and he ended up getting suspended. Did he not? And the initial shot that he took wasn't that bad. I thought him turning and suckering the guy wasn't that bad uh but see 25 years ago we called that Tuesday right there was no penalties right. whatsoever so I guess to put a bow on your question Nick that's the way hockey is now they don't want any rough stuff they damn sure don't want any fighting so when you say our penalties up it's not a coincidence. They're trying to clamp down on everything. And I never really ever got to the bottom of that, by the way. In my 17 years in the Western Hockey League, I saw the transcension, is that a word, from what it was to what it is? And the word that I always got without having actually sat in the meetings in Calgary with the league suits was they were afraid of the fighting. We're talking about minors in a lot of cases here, not professional athletes and men. We're talking about junior hockey, right? And it was pretty easy to see why you'd get kicked out of the game or at the very least a 10-minute misconduct if you took your helmet off to fight. My God. Yes, as I get a little older, I realize you could slip on the ice, knock your head on the ice, and die. Vis-a-vis opening yourself up to a lawsuit. You could also slip on the ice coming out of your front porch every morning, too, and land on your head and die. But they don't look at it that way. It was a liability issue. And I'm just talking about junior hockey. But it seems like those in the National Hockey League, they don't want it either, clearly. We all know that nobody leaves their seat when the fights are on. And we know that. We knew something was going to happen Saturday night in the Battle of Alberta. I thought about it all day. But there were no fighting majors. So I guess if you're asking what's up with penalties, yes, they're up. Because they continue to try to clamp down on rough-and-tumble physical play. It's encouraged in the NLL. It's encouraged in pro football. It's not encouraged at any level of hockey. So thank you, Nick, for the question. That's my monologue on it. Society has gone that way, too, though, a
3: little bit overprotective. Not that it's bad. We all, the, the intention is to not get anybody hurt or kill anybody. But from a whole society perspective, we've gone overprotective, too. How many kids do you see sliding on the railings anymore, or tiptoeing on the high wire, right? I mean, it's always, no, 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 get down from there, get down from there, right. please don't get hurt, right? We used to, you know, at least when I was a kid, you try and climb on everything, and you fall and you get back up, and that's how you learn balance and learn to, you know, walk the wire, so to speak, right? But we're in a bit of an overprotective society, all for good intentions, but this is what it leads to.
2: Yeah, well, and I appreciate... The viewers rallying to our cause, and that's why uh, we do what we do here, this coffee session. I see Brian in uh, Florida says he punched Matthew Joseph. Ryan McCarthy in Saratoga, New York, says Dylan Larkin popped Matthew Joseph in retaliation after getting boarded. The American viewers, do you notice, had to come, had to rally. yes. You're starting to see why our viewership is what it is. They come here for the hockey. So I knew that it was Dylan Larkin. I couldn't remember who the kid's name is that he popped. But you remember the incident. Yeah. So he got boarded. Big deal. I, I've, I actually over the past couple of years had to really sort of bite my tongue, think about this for a second, and say, do I really want to watch this hockey? And I decided that I do. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean? You could turn it off and watch something. God knows there's enough entertainment options out there, but what am I going to do? Watch the NBA? No. It's not like your option
3: is to watch this hockey or <laughs> no. go back and watch old school hockey because they're not going back to that. Right.
2: So you either got this hockey or you've got no hockey. Um, boy, very interesting. Things are heating up. Not in a bad way. But from Randy in the five four one. one What's the inside scoop? about Bell letting Rod Black go from TSN. Great question, and don't we all want to know? Go to 3downnation.com, and they have a very eloquent article there at 3downnation.com on the fact that Rod Black's contract with TSN expired at the end of August. He mutually agreed with the network to do a few more CFL games, Women's World Hockey Championships, stay on after his contract was up, but after this certain date, he was going to ride off into the sunset that's what the article said, and I tend to believe it. It's not like Rod Black, because I know him quite well, was going to go pull a John Gruden or was going to go pull a Urban Meyer. You knew something wasn't right, and it seemed very abrupt, but it wasn't going to be scandalous either. Right. And that was the story from 3 from the insiders that his contract was up. Uh, 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 uh. What do you got there, Clark? What do you got? Oh, Trey Roberson? Yay! Breaking news. The Calgary Stampeders have brought back defensive back Trey Roberson after a stint in the National Football League. Interesting. I just saw Trey tweeting this morning that the grass isn't always greener on the other side and that he missed the CFL. Within hours, he's back. How about that? How about that? From the 204, anonymous, no, it's Phil, Phil watching from the 204, that's Manitoba, says the Bombers and the Jets playing at the exact same time is the equivalent of waking up at 3 a.m. thinking your alarm is about to go off, but then finding sweet relief that you still have an hour of sleep before you wake up. But seriously, we've had a year without sports. This doesn't bother me. Go Jets, go Bombers. Thank you, Phil. Somebody finally agrees with me. It's a first world problem. Stop complaining, please. From the 639. Stumbled across your call of Bo Levi being picked off by Deron Carter today. Missed the days of you calling Ryder Games, Ruddy. Haven't really been into the CFL since you left. I think that's why CFL interest is down. There are few mainstays in the CFL anymore, and you were one of them. I'm all for change, but don't get me wrong. I still like my mashed potatoes and roast beef (laughs) from the 639. Don't lose the staple items on the menu. Yeah, we can dabble with new things, but that's not, yeah. If I come for steak, there better be steak on the menu. Yeah, I was a meat and potatoes guy. There's no doubt. But you know what? Meat and potatoes ain't for everybody. Mm -hmm. And all good things come to an end. And new things start. That's right. From Joe Lazito, watching on Long Island, he says it's an adjustment for sure, Rod. He's talking about hockey now. He says it'd be nice if we could get to a happy medium between what hockey used to be and what it's sadly become. Yeah. Should we have a burial ceremony and have a virtual cemetery? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And very old-time hockey. <laughs> Ain't coming back. I guess that's why we enjoyed so much the Lightning and the Panthers and the brouhaha that broke out at Amway Center in Orlando and that preseason game that I watched last month. It was wild. Yeah. And you know how certain things happen at real speed, but as they're happening, you feel like they're in slow-mo. Like when Andre Vasilevsky went behind the net to play the puck, Sam Benton, and it's coming at him. This is NHL speed, man, pretty fast. That In my mind, it was five, four, three. I'm like, he's not. He's not. He, he is! Boom! <laughs> <laughs> Corey Perry's fighting Owen Tippett. Bruhob breaks. I couldn't believe it funny how your mind slows things down in real time. Wait, yeah, this isn't, this, it's not <laughs> happening, is it? Wait, it is? Yeah. That's what happened that night. And then I go back and I look at the score sheet, and here's the amazing thing about that night in Orlando. There were only five fights. Yeah, It felt like there were 30. You remember me talking about it on the show from Florida. Yeah, And there wasn't even one penalty at all in the first period. Not one. And then it all erupted in the second. And those two teams are playing tonight in the first real Battle of Florida of the season. Ah, can't wait. Maybe we'll talk to Craig Button about that when we come back. The uh, TSN's NHL Director of Scouting. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com.
1: Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Oh, yeah. He's back. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show.
2: Welcome back, everybody. Canada's daytime sports talk show continues here on the Game Plus television network, YouTube, and Facebook live streaming as well. I'm heading up to Calgary tonight. We'll be live from Sheraton Eau Claire Market Wednesday, Thursday. And let's go to Cowtown now as we welcome in TSN's NHL Director of Scouting, Craig Button. Always great to chat with Craig. How are you doing, Craig?
4: I am really good, Rod. I'm glad we were able to connect. I know you were here in Calgary a little while back and uh, would love to have joined you, but uh, I wasn't able to that day. So it's always my pleasure to join you. How are you? Absolutely.
2: I'm great. I couldn't be better, man. I couldn't be better. We're traveling. We're watching a lot of hockey. No complaints whatsoever. And I'm going to dive right into the deep end. I want your expert analysis on this. Of the winless teams in the National Hockey League, mindful that we're only a week in. Who should be the most concerned, Montreal, Islanders, or their fans, Timor fans, Blackhawks, Coyotes, Preds, Jets, or Flames? most should be the most concerned right now?
4: Uh, you know, the easy answer for me would be Montreal, but you, you almost could see this one coming. I would say the Winnipeg Jets right now, because I see them as a really good team, as a team more than capable of being one of the last four standing. and and they start their season in anaheim and then go on to san jose and you know an opportunity to put some points against teams that i think are inferior and they lose both those games in very different ways you know they lose the game in anaheim john gibson was brilliant no shifley come back in san jose blow a lead goaltending was really subpar and now on a on a tuesday night in october they got to go into minnesota Minnesota is a hard out. They're they're a they're a competitive team that can make life really difficult for you. Home opener in Winnipeg on Thursday night. I don't think you want to be zero and three coming into that game. And uh, right now, the, you know, with no Blake Wheeler because a COVID protocol, th- th- this it, I, I don't I never like to get in get into the oh this is a big game. But right now, the the way that the Jets have played and lost their first two games, zero and three is not a good look.
2: No, not at all. In the wild, by the way, as you know, are 2-0. and So this is a game that we're all going to be watching very closely tonight. But it's, I don't know, Craig, is it today's NHL? Has it always been this way? With the Oilers' hot start, I felt like that home opener for the Flames last night was a very important hockey game. And they didn't necessarily give it away, but they were far from perfect. We both watched it. I saw your analysis. I got to think it's a little hot in Calgary these days.
4: Oh, I think they gave it away, Rod. I mean, you can be very kind. I mean, I don't know if you're wearing Calgary Flames underwear today, but uh, I mean, that would be the kind of uh, comment that somebody that wants to be an appalling. They played so (laughs) well in that game, I thought. I I thought in the offensive zone, they really, really uh, pushed the Anaheim Ducks to defend. And again, if it wasn't for Gibson, that game would have been well out of control. But John Gibson is somebody you have to solve. That, That goes without saying. And I thought the Flames played really well. And then Noah Hannafin and Erica Branson decide that, wow, defense in the National Hockey League, situational hockey, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's 2-2. And then Noah Hannafin in overtime, he decides that he's going to try to make his best imitation of Bobby Orr. I know he grew up in the Boston area. He's no Bobby Orr. So there's how you fall on the wrong side of, of a game where you played well enough. Certainly had it under control. Certainly had an opportunity to win it. And what teams like the Calgary Flames do, They play well enough to show you promise, but not well enough to emerge with the win. That's something that Daryl Sutter will address. He talked about a post game on Monday night and he wasn't too happy with a few of his players. And he didn't have to name names to know who he was talking about. But that's where the flames are going to have to dial in five game road trip into the East coming up here. You know, you talk about things uh, becoming really uh, tenuous. Tell you what, Detroit, who's who's, who's not as good a team as as the uh, Calgary Flames, Calgary ends up in that game not winning. I'll tell you what, it'll be real serious for them.
2: And that's what I'm saying is usually it's like U.S. Thanksgiving that things get real tight. And I feel like it's just happening a little early. And by the way, this is what I'm trying to do, Craig. I was just live in Edmonton last week broadcasting from the pirate ship at the West Edmonton Mall. We're coming to Calgary this week. I'm trying to get along with everybody. The Orders and Flames fans were ripping each other. I felt like Red Deer going... Back off, both of you. Let's cover both teams. And I had the stamps are giving me a bold Levi Mitchell signed jersey to give away at the event that I'm speaking at tomorrow night. So I'm just trying not to offend anybody in Calgary the, for the first time in my life. You understand, don't so you? So
4: what are you telling me? The, the Red Deer's the Switzerland of uh, Alberta? Is that what you're it, telling me? It's like it, a Swiss resort up there at Sylvan Lake?
2: <laughs> I'm telling you, it's right in the middle. You've got a map. You've been there many times. So stepping outside of Alberta. Battle one of the Battle of Florida tonight, whatever you want to call it, chapter one is Lightning Panthers. I was just down there for three weeks. I chatted with Al Murray at the Pats game last week. This is the NHL's best rivalry. Two great teams ranked in the top six by NHL.com. You excited about this game tonight in Tampa?
4: Yes I am Rod and you know there's injuries we know Kucherov isn't playing so that being said that playoff series last year that six game series it was fast it was skilled it was hard it was competitive that's how rivalries get built and the fact is is we know how good the Tampa Bay Lightning are and have been and now the Florida Panthers the little kid on the block are saying hey listen we can compete against you Brian Engblom who does color commentary on the on the Tampa Bay Lightning broadcast with Dave Randorf said to me at the end of that series. He said, "In all my years of broadcast, that's as hard and as competitive and as an in-your-face series as he seen." He didn't say it was the only one. He just said it's as it's as good, and there haven't been very many. Brian Engblom's been in a lot of games as a player and watched a lot of games as a broadcaster, and certainly, uh, you know, listening to him describe it that way, that's how I saw it. Joe Quenville's a superb coach. John Cooper's a superb coach. You know, you look at these teams, and I'll tell you what—it's fresh. It's fresh for the Florida Panthers to now come in and start to show. Hey, Tampa Bay, you know what? We're not little brother here. We're not the one you can beat up on just because you were so much better than us all these years. I expect it to be a real hard game and I'm looking forward to watching.
2: For sure, my man. And I think that's what, why in Orlando the gloves hit the ice to the amount that it did in the first of three straight preseason games. It was message (laughs) sending time. It was awesome. And by the way, Bill Zito wants to make the Panthers, he said, a destination franchise. He signed Barkov to the eight-year's $80 million. They got less than Reed Jackson there, so that automatically is going to make them winners, I believe. Just saw Reed at the Pats game the other night. Uh, do you think you, that Florida could become a destination franchise? Because that's the goal.
4: I'll go there for $80 Yeah, <laughs> Exactly.
2: I'd pay $80 million to be there. <laughs>
4: yeah, yeah, uh, you know, here, here's what I would say. So Bill has gone in there. He made some changes and, you know, got the team uh, to another level. And, uh, I mean, that's really important from a manager's point of view. Players want a chance to be successful, not just individually, but collectively. They don't want to just be putting in, you know, their individual efforts and being the best they can be individually if there's not a greater reward out there. This isn't tennis. This isn't golf. This is a team sport and it's incredibly important that a team that's how you become not only a good team and a good organization that's how you attract other players that's how you keep players you know when jay Boomeister left the uh, uh florida panthers he he was a born and bred florida panther he was a high draft pick he played very well down there but jay got to a point where he just said This isn't a place where I can achieve uh, what I want to achieve from a team point of view. The individual accolades were coming his way deservedly. So he just said, I'm out of here and you can't blame him for that. He wasn't the only one, but I I, I look at him as a player that's been drafted. So Barkov goes, Hey, we got something good going here. That extends to Huberto. That'll extend. Ekblad signed a long-term contract. It's going to extend to their other younger players and other players around the league are going hey, that's not a bad place to go. I think I might want to go there. And I think that that's always an important step in being able to be a destination. Is First of all, you've got to be attractive. If you've got uh, a real good presentation and people can look in, you got a chance to get players and to keep players.
2: Yep, they haven't won a series since 1996, as you know. But when I was down there, it came up every day with the people I was around. It was hockey people, but they do have fans They just need to win. Uh, My last one for you, Craig, is the Kraken got bombed in Philly last night, 6-1. How do you feel about their first uh, few games? Kind of going the way that you thought it might
4: well, I would say yes and no. I, I I was surprised about them losing 6-1 in Philadelphia. Got away from them early and they were never able to, uh, you know, it was like uh, they were trying to climb a grease pole. They just couldn't They couldn't get up there and they kept slipping down. But, you know, early on in the season, they fell behind uh, against Vegas, found a way to win the they lost the game late on the Chandler-Stevenson goal. I know that uh, he's one of your favorites because he played for the Regina Pats. So uh, that's why I mentioned Chandler here but also at the same time you know they, they go and win a game in Nashville I think they're going to be a competitive team I think they've shown they're going to be a competitive team you know maybe score a little bit more than I thought early certainly getting beat like they did in Philadelphia you know watching how they go into New Jersey and play against a much improved New Jersey team I think it'll be a good barometer not for me not for you rod but for their own team for their players for their coaching staff and say hey listen that game against philly was that game this is a new game a new opportunity for 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 us to show who we are i i think they're going to be competitive over the course of the year i said this from the outset i don't think they're going to be as good as the vegas golden knights but I didn't think the Vegas Gold Knights were going to be as good as the Vegas Gold Knights.
2: Yeah, who did? Uh, by the way, the Kraken, fourth in the Pacific Division. They already have that first win, as you pointed out, and the Flames do not. And uh, looking up at the Kraken are the Sharks, Kings, Knights, and Flames, but they haven't played as many games. Craig, as always, a wonderful chat. I appreciate it. Please keep up the great work, and uh, we'll see you soon.
4: We will see you soon. Good luck giving away the Bo Levi Mitchell jersey. I mean, you won't have a tough time giving it away in Calgary. Bo is a beloved quarterback in person here. And, you know, at some point in time here when you're in Calgary, we're going to have to get together. And I look agree. forward to it.
2: Thanks, Craig. Enjoy the game. Thank you. Craig Button, TSN's NHL Director of Scouting. When we come back, it is overtime. Viewer takeover. We'll take a look at the sports update on this uh, Tuesday as well. We're brought to you by Prairie Mobile they are your authorized Sastel dealer. Introducing Sastel Plus pricing. Updating your cell phone has never been easier. Pick up the device you've been wanting without paying any upfront costs. Take advantage of the Buy Now, Pay Later program today. RP Show continues after this break. On the Game Plus TV network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-Hour Sports Radio at rodpeterson.com.
1: Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. Got something to say? You want to add to the show? What are you waiting for? Don't just sit there, say something. Now, back to the studio with Rod.
2: Okay, welcome back, everybody. A quick run through the uh, sports update. The Winnipeg Blue Bombers today. This is the breaking news in the CFL, have announced. American kicker Sergio Castillo has been acquired in a trade with the BC Lions in exchange for a conditional fourth-round selection in the 2022 CFL draft. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Dodgers are putting the ball in Walker Bueller's hands for Game 3 of the NLCS this afternoon. It's a 3 8 mountain first pitch. The Braves lead the series 2-0, but Atlanta hasn't won a game at Dodger Stadium since 2018. Charlie Morton starts for the Braves. Veteran righty Zach Greinke will try to help the Houston Astros slow the surge Boston Red Sox tonight in Game 4 of the ALCS. Houston's pitching staff has allowed 25 runs and 32 hits to Boston, who leads this series 2-1. And the NBA season tips off tonight with no shortage of stats to follow over the next few months. Steph Curry's on his way to becoming the most prolific three-point shooter in NBA history. LeBron should continue climbing a slew of all-time lists, and Greg Popovich is on the verge of winning more games than any other coach in league history. The sports update for Dubnetwork.ca and for g 2 g Protein bars, Ben Cahoon and fitness coach approved. I noticed last night that Ryan Getzlaff, after watching the Ducks game, is five points shy of being the all-time Ducks leading scorer. Who's number one? Paul Correa. Timo Solani. Uh, That was my second guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Takona Powley in Winnipeg has just written in and says, Rod, I'm demanding P1 status. Lol. Well, you got it. By January one, we'll have the booster club set up, and you'll all be P ones. And you'll get the newsletter and the T shirt and the jock strap, fashion shows, radio thons, the certificate, the certificate, early entry to all of our best parties. Yeah, tattoos, brands. <laughs> <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Every week we do it. Darren Moose DuPont's top five in the National Football League. And usually he agonizes over it. Have you agonized over this list as we head into week seven (laughs) of the NFL? No, it came together pretty quick. The cream is
3: rising to the top.
2: What do we got? Hit it. Moose DuPont's NFL top five. Yeah,
3: the Arizona Cardinals are still unbeaten, and they're knocking off really good football teams. That win back to week one against Tennessee you start realizing it was a pretty good victory that got them started. Tampa's still number two. The machine, as you call it, that is Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Rolling. Cowboys, I thought it was the Cowboys or the Bills, the two most complete teams in the National Football League. Well, the Cowboys are. They're third. Can't stop Lamar Jackson in Baltimore right now. Their defense is good. He is now a passing quarterback. Who can run? Not a running quarterback who can pass. That's what we've learned from Lamar Jackson in, in Baltimore. They're very good. Buffalo's still a really good football team. They're still fifth. Uh, still got them in my top five. But I don't think they beat Baltimore if they play tomorrow. I don't think they beat Dallas. I don't think they beat the teams above them on the list. Now, the teams that are close, the Green Bay Packers, the San Diego Chargers, the Kansas City Chiefs are still really close, even at three and three. And Tennessee's getting close. If they beat Kansas City this weekend, Tennessee could move into the top five or or be on somewhere near this list next week.
2: Darren, Moose DuPont's NFL top five, and we encourage staff participation here. We're a small staff, but we're a close staff. Our sales manager in Calgary, Jimmy Two Tables, has a really big problem with your top five that his Denver Broncos are not in it. The team that Spicy. lost to the Las Vegas Raiders on the weekend—I laughed and
3: said to you on the couch. I said, if you find the Raider, or the Broncos on anybody's top five, heck, on anybody's top ten, I'll pull my pants down on national television. <laughs> Please don't, and uh, and you know take it or whatever. It is A spanking. The, or? Yes, because what are you offering they're th- here? They're three and three. I think I at the, that time I pulled up the ESPN rankings. They were twentieth. Right. The Denver Broncos are not a top five team in the National Football League. Jimmy, you do the selling, we'll do the talking. But I appreciate the input, the input. How like about that? One of our guys in this market, media guy saying the Raiders.
2: Get out of here with the Raiders. Well, it's not who you like the best. <laughs> exactly. It's the top five teams in the National Football League. We'll see you tomorrow at noon Eastern right here on Game Plus TV.